The following is a Tony Lasano podcast and an old pie production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And now, Free Kicks. Free Kicks. With Illinois Youth Soccer Association's Director of Coaching, Adam Howarth and Rick Kemper. Hey, that's me. Rick Kemper, Adam Howarth with you. It's our fourth uh, episode of Free Kicks. Uh, later in this episode, we're going to get into our uh, World Cup uh, predictions and our World Cup previews um, for three of the groups. We're going to tackle groups uh, A, B, and C. Uh, but first, big game, the biggest game in Europe was over the weekend, the Champions League final. Uh, you and I were both out at uh, soccer fields. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we missed it live, but uh, I, I went and watched it. Did you get a chance to watch it too? I, I did. Actually, I had, I had that small window, so I was able to watch the game live. Oh, lucky the you. First, yeah, the first time I've seen uh, – probably the first time I've seen that one in a long time. So it was good and not a bad game to, not a bad game to see either. No, I agree. Um, it was uh, – we both – we both picked Liverpool, so we were both wrong. <laughs> but in our in our defense, we had no way of knowing that their best player would go down just a few minutes into the game, and that's Mo Salah, which, uh, you know, let me just say this, and I know that uh, you and I have talked about this, but I watched uh, Sergio Ramos, and I've been watching him for years, and he has got, kind of got a reputation for being a bit of a uh, hack in the yes. back. Yeah. Uh, in the in the game against Bayern Munich in the semifinals, Ramos takes out Arlen Robin in the very beginning of the game. In the third or fourth minute, one of the top scorers of Bayern Munich, he's out, right? Mm-hmm. In this game, he takes out Mo Salah. He doesn't just take him out. He He may be out for the World Cup now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, dislocated shoulder. Yeah. It's not good. Not good. Now, you said you were watching the replay closely. And so what your your theory is that this is just this is just yeah. football, right? Yeah, it's a tough one because, you know, I think if you're emotionally tied to Liverpool, I think you're going to say to yourself, "Yes, this was a foul. This was this was blatant. It was it was totally unfair. All that stuff." As a neutral, as I am, you know, I I don't see anything really crazy about what happened in there. You know, so that's the thing. I think it's a, it's a foul, no question. I don't think he purposely tried to dislocate his shoulder by any means. But no, yeah, I think uh, um, but you know, it, it, it's it's not good for his reputation in terms of Ramos either, in terms of how it went. But yeah, kind of, it's definitely definitely tough one because. You know, Salah was such a big part of that team, and obviously, when they lost him, it, it changed the face of the game. Really, you know, it, it brings up a point, and that is, in a in a big match like this, when there is one big star player like that, I mean, isn't it possible for the other team to just take him out and say, you know, take him out with uh, a player like Sergio Ramos would actually be a big loss on on Madrid side too. Yeah, sure. But if someone What's to stop someone from you know putting a, a hack out there to just take take out the the best player? Because the worst that can happen to you is you get a red card, and if 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 your hack player gets a red card and you're taking out the best player on the other team, you're still coming out ahead. Yeah, I, I mean, guess yeah. When you look at it that from that kind of 
standpoint, I think it's it, it, it's something you can definitely say that can happen. Um, I think the, for me, the big thing is, you know, if, if there's extra referees, and that's one thing that we have in the Champions League, is we have these extra guys on the sidelines. These are guys that should be really monitoring and watching closely. Because the sideline some- refs are... They have full authority to call fouls, too, don't they? Right, yeah, exactly. So they can all work together. And, and like I said, we have those guys now with on the end of the fields there who are even an extra set of eyes. Is there something that they see? You know, and again, we talk about, you know, we get into the whole VAR type of situation where, you know, with video assistance and taking time away from the game. But right. This was a big, this was a pivotal thing. I think you needed to spend a couple of minutes since to, Hey, let's explore what happened. But again, wasn't really for me. Wasn't like, oh my goodness, that's a purposeful thing. It was kind of a bit of a mix-up, and then obviously the the, the injury was was a tough one. It also uh, wouldn't have changed what happened to the goalkeeper yeah. in that game, and that that has got to be the roughest game I've seen a goalkeeper have. I, I can't remember. Can you? Oh, it's yeah. I mean, people have people talk about having nightmare games. This was an absolute disaster of a game for the Coley. I mean, talk about tough one. I mean, when you look at it, I mean, so the first the first one was just more of a mental block. You know, you try to throw the ball out, and then. By the way, know, what's the rule on that? I mean. It, uh, I guess if if you're throwing it, you 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 can't you can block it. You, yeah. But if you're yeah, kicking yeah. it, you can't you can't stick your foot in there and and block it, can you? If the right, goalkeeper no. is kicking it. Yeah. If the ball's kind of up in the air, if he's in the motion of kicking it, there's a there's a great clip of many years ago. George Best did the same thing to uh, to Gordon Banks. Gordon Banks was taking a kick and the ball's in the air and he just kind of pokes it out of his midair and goes around him and scores. They disallowed the goal. But for this one here, yeah, it's perfectly legal. He's just trying to throw it out. He blocks it, uh, similar to what happened uh, with the U.S. game yesterday. But he just kind of blocked the ball, got it, boom, and was in and scored the goal. So right. yeah, right. And what a what a, what a it was a, a great heads up play by Benzema to do that. Yeah, and, and well, that guy and always then, seems to get his foot on balls like that. I mean, there are guys that are uh, you know known as cherry pickers. Yes, uh, yes, he's 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 one of those guys that his you know and those goals count as much as any other goal. I, I right. always when people make fun of cherry pickers, I'm like, hey, <laughs> that's still a goal. That still uh, counts. Exa- exactly, it counts as a goal. No matter no matter how you look at it, the goal's a goal, and it doesn't matter if you scored a fantastic goal like Gareth Bale's. Oh my that God, was that unbelievable? Oh, oh, amazing! Absolutely amazing! Probably. You know, and there's a big debate about is this the best goal ever scored? Certainly, from my standpoint, in a big game, yeah, it's the, probably the big best goal I've ever seen. Other than Klaus Fischer's bicycle kick in the uh, 1982 <laughs> World Cup Finals, um, but, you know, we can we can dispute these things. <laughs> sure, sure. I, I, I may take the bell one though, may yeah. just just a little bit. Okay. Um, so then my so that last goal that he let in, it was that second goal by Bale. Yeah, there's no excuse for that. No, I mean, just took his eyes off the ball. You know, it looked like we he was, was trying to decide between punching it out and catching it, and kind of went in between. And oh boy, that was bad. It was rough. I mean, we, like, like you said, we was at a youth tournament all this weekend, and uh, 
I saw that happen on a regular basis at the U9 level. You know, balls going through right. hands. Right. This should not happen in the Champions League <laughs> right, exactly. final with with everything on the line here. So when you're a professional goalkeeper making as much money as he makes, there's really no excuse. You said you said earlier a nightmare scenario, and I think literally for this, what's the keeper's name again? I don't, I don't know how to pronounce his uh, last name. I'm sorry. The last name say? of the of the keeper for uh, uh, Liverpool. Yeah, uh, Carius. Yeah, Carius. Yeah, I yeah, how to yeah. It. yeah uh, sure. <clears throat> he uh, he's literally going to have nightmares about this. Yeah, and like uh, you know, I've been hearing a lot of things. I mean, talk people on talk shows have been talking a lot about this stuff. But I think the biggest, uh, the toughest thing for him in the short term, this is really, really going to be bad for him. I mean, yeah. in terms of getting him back long term, I hope he can rebound. Hopefully, he can find a. But probably he's going to end up having to find another team. I mean, Liverpool's not going to keep him. I mean, if they do, they're going to be, you know, probably chastised for that one. But he's going to have to find another team. He's going to have to rebuild his career. Yeah. It's going to be tough. To, it's going to be tough to come back from this one. Certainly, uh, certainly players can do it. They've yeah. done it before, but uh, a tough one to go through. All right. You mentioned briefly uh, the uh, U.S. team, which was uh, in action over the weekend too. We have some audio here. In this country, we call it soccer, partner. And our soccer team was uh, up against Bolivia. And we talked last week about how young the roster is. And boy, <laughs> they are young. But the youngsters came through. Yeah, they did really well. 3-0 victory. You know, I think the average age of the team was like 22 years old, which is uh, a big change from what we've had in the in, in years past. But uh Scored three good goals, all yeah. of them by uh, young players. I think it was they're all, I mean, eighteen-year-olds, two and eighteen-year-olds, eighteen-year-olds or or younger that scored the goal. So, which was great. So, great start uh, for this young group. Yeah, it's uh, Josh Sargent, uh, who is the fourth youngest American to score ever, and then yeah. Tim Weah, uh, who is. Two days younger also got his first goal seven minutes later, and he is the son of a former FIFA Player of the Year. That's right. That's uh, right, George Weah, who is, by the way, I, did you know this? He's the president of Liberia right now. Y- yes, he is. Yes, I did. I did know that. Yeah, just uh, from Player of the Year to president. You know, it's the it's the normal progression for many people. You okay, know? Yeah, so I guess yeah, so. <laughs> Like they, we've got a reality star, they've got a soccer player. What's the difference? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And both those players are playing extremely high level. I mean, Way is over there with PSG. I think he ended up playing the last couple of games of the season for PSG. So he's really surging forward. And, and then Sargent, who's from St. Louis, not too far away, uh, he's playing with Werder Bremen in Germany. So these, this is a good little future here in terms of these young guys coming through. Yeah, and, and Pulisic played, uh, and he, he's with uh, Dortmund still. Yes, that's so, right. And he's a, he's a, 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 a grizzled old veteran at 19, <laughs> or whatever he is now. <laughs> I know, exactly. You, is he 20 yet? I don't think he's 20 yet. I think he's only just turned 19. Yeah. yeah. That's the funny thing, yeah. But yeah, we don't. We kind of forget about how him because he's just such a big star of the team these days. But uh, with all these youngsters coming through, but yeah, so I think it's exciting to to see. And like I said, I don't think Bolivia was much of a a, a, 
a team to play against in terms of their overall effort. They've been not bad at times, but didn't seem like they played that well. Uh, but the uh, but the US team they're, they're certainly starting from scratch. I mean, you can't you can't say we have reinvented the wheel here in terms of getting the players. There's really no guys left over from the from the disastrous World Cup uh, uh, campaign. I, I, I think, think it's right. Forward. I think those guys had their chance. Don't you think? Yeah, yeah. I I totally agree. I think when teams get into this type of a situation, you just got to kind of reinvent the wheel. Hopefully. Uh, Italy's trying to do the same thing, and Holland's going to have to try and do the same thing. These are all major soccer powers that haven't qualified for World Cup, so they're going to have to do something different. It didn't work before. Right. All right. Well, I'm on board for the youth uh, movement as a Cubs fan. Uh, I've seen it work once, so let's, yeah. let's see if it can work <laughs> one more time. For sure. All right. So we are uh, today, I've got, let's see, it's May 29th, so we are just a little over two weeks away from the World Cup, the most exciting soccer tournament in the world. And this time it's going to be in Russia, which is maybe one of the worst locations. <laughs> but not yeah. the worst, because the next one's going to be the worst location ever. Am I right? Yeah, right. Yeah, Qatar, for sure. I mean, it's going to be a mess. We don't know when it's going to be, what time it's going to the year it's going to be. Who knows what's going to happen? It could be as hot as it was this weekend. Think about playing uh, playing games out in Qatar during the summer. Uh, Who knows? Yeah. Well, hopefully uh, FIFA will get their uh, get their brain in order and realize that that was a World Cup given away through bribes, and this has been yeah. proven. I'm not making accusations that are inaccurate. This is something that has been proven, and so maybe they shouldn't do it there, but that's a story for another time. Let's talk about this World Cup, and we'll start with Group A, and to me, Group A looks like the weakest group in the whole tournament. We've got Egypt, Saudi Arabia, Uruguay, and Russia. Not yeah. a very strong group. Let's start with Egypt now, because Egypt, as we mentioned earlier, lost their star, Mo Salah. Now, he, they're saying there's a chance that he will play. What do you think? Yeah, I think he will. I think he will. I think um, especially with this World Cup, who knows when they may make it again to another World Cup. Right. So they want to definitely ride uh, the Egyptian Messi, as he's known in Mohamed Salah, they want to try and ride him as much as they can in terms of trying to get get to maybe the next round. So um, I, I think uh, I think he'll be okay. I think he's got a good chance to come back. And, and with uh, a we'll shoulder, see. I mean, can it? I, they said dislocated shoulder, but now they're saying it was kind of a strained uh, shoulder. Yeah, is that something that you can overcome? I mean, when, how do you? Can you wrap it? You can't really wrap it can't really wrap it i mean that's the thing i mean it's really just kind of a, a, a time issue it's going to rest and time to see if he can kind of recover back from it um but yeah i i, I mean i know there's always controversy there's always been uh broken toes and different things within world cups i know rooney and beckham we went through that a few years ago with right. england with their little pinky toes and all kinds of stuff but with the way things are these days, uh, I, and especially with as much time as they have to to pay, you know, at least two weeks, two plus weeks, I, I've got a good, uh, I've got a good feeling that he'll be able to come back. So another thing about the Egypt uh, team is their keeper is going to be setting a record. El Hadre is his name, and he is going to be forty-five years old. Yeah, amazing. When, that's incredible. 
So congratulations. I always root for the old guys as, <laughs> as one myself. So uh, congratulations to you. Now, what are your thoughts about this Egypt team? Yeah, I'm not so sure about the team itself um, in terms of how well they're going to do. I think they've, especially with Salah, you know, obviously everything revolves around him. They do have a little bit of experience with some of the Premier League players, although a couple of those players ended up getting relegated this past year. Right. So that kind of made it difficult. But um, I, I think they'll be okay. I mean, especially with the way the group's set up, they're probably one of the stronger of the group's uh, teams in terms of being able to get through. And with Salah, they've got a world beater. I mean, yeah. that's the thing. Yeah. So I, um, I I think they could definitely come in a second place behind probably Uruguay. But... Um, and if no, they it, do, they they move on to the next round. Exactly. So they've only got to finish in the top two. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think they got a good chance for sure. So right now they're ranked 46th in the world. But, you know, those yeah. FIFA rankings are usually pretty off the mark. But still. Yeah. I, no, I think, I think they've got a good chance. But my only concern with them, and I think it's probably the same thing for a lot of teams, is and you could probably say the same thing about what happened to Liverpool. Do they have a plan B? You right. know, when, if if Salah can't play, what's going to happen? Right. You know, or whatever it happens. So we'll see how it goes. But they got a good chance, I think, if Salah's in, if he's in good form. So uh, Saudi Arabia is uh, another team in this group. They're ranked 67th in the world, and kind of like uh, Egypt, their their offense, really, their team is built around one player, and that's uh, striker Al Alawi. Who, yep. who was I just I didn't realize this until I looked it up. He is he tied for lead in goals and during the qualifying with sixteen goals during the qualifying yeah. for the World Cup. That's uh, that's pretty impressive. That's pretty good. I mean, I mean, again, you're playing. You've got to look at the level of the teams they're playing. Granted, uh, yes, but uh, but you know, you score sixteen goals. You score sixteen goals. There's no question. He's, he's 31 years old, though. I mean, I, yeah. I've never heard of the guy, and maybe because he's <laughs> playing in Saudi Arabia. He's on a club right. team in Saudi Arabia. He hasn't really, you know, branched out of uh, his home country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's the thing with this group. I mean, we really don't know too much about them. Um, you know, the, probably the best thing about them is their nickname, the Green Falcons. It yeah. sounds like <laughs> so that you know that's the good thing. But that's an awesome um, name. It is. It's great. Uh, but yeah, I, I, this is pro they're probably in terms of rankings. These guys are. I think they might even be the lowest ranked team. I mean, in the in the whole tournament, okay. and um, and so for them to get through, it's going to be really really difficult. I, I just can't see them doing much about it. Um, they're probably fortunate to get into this group. Right. I mean, if they were probably in a tougher group, it would have been it would have been a little bit easier. But um, but yeah, it's uh, you know it, it's not looking good for them. I think they're going to have a hard time trying to get through. So you mentioned earlier that you thought Uruguay was the team. Uh, they're ranked seventeenth in the world. They yeah. have they have some stars. I mean, they've got Luis Suarez. They've got Edinson Cavini. Those are superstar, worldwide superstar talent right there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's no question these guys are good. I mean, these guys can definitely do it. And, and I'll probably talk about more about this too. But for me, you know, whenever I think of a team, I always look at the center backs. And they've got a good one in Go uh, Godin in terms of their center back, the Atletico Madrid center back. And uh, he can definitely hold that group together. I mean, you've got, obviously, you've got Suarez and Cavani as well, the two strikers. But, you know, when you look at the other group, you know, 
all the best teams, I think, have good centre backs, and uh, they've got a good one here in in Godin and and Joe is pretty decent as well. So we'll see how they do. And they also have uh, a uh, major soccer league player on the team. Yep, Ladero's on there too. Yeah, I don't know if he'll start or not, and I have to double check on terms of the rosters from. From what I've seen, he probably might be a player that might come in off the bench, but you never know. Right. You know, you'll have to double check on that. But um but yeah, they've got they've got some talent and they've been there. Obviously Suarez, the guy is so canny, <laughs> he's so he's such a tricky player. Are you talking about he, we're talking about Ramos being a dirty player. <laughs> yeah, there's no question. He's had he's had his ups and downs. I mean he had to miss a bunch of games because of the, the previous incident in the in the last World Cup. So, you know, who knows? Who knows what's gonna happen with him? You know, I'm sure there'll be a little bit of drama around him, but he can definitely well, this is his goals. third this is his third World Cup, so he's been around and and he had controversial moments in both of the other two World Cups in in twenty ten. Um uh, I was in South Africa for this. I saw him uh, use his hand to to uh, to save a yeah. goal, right? Yes, as exactly. A, as a field player, and he got a red <laughs> card immediately for that. Yeah, but and he won the game for them because the penalty was missed. That's right. That's right. So it, it worked out. I yeah. mean, unfortunately, he ended up getting sent off, and he had to miss the next game. But in terms of giving them an opportunity to get to the next game, he did that. And in the last World Cup, uh, for those of you who don't know, he bit an Italian man on the uh, on the shoulder. <laughs> he Unbelievable! I know. I mean, this wasn't the first time he did it. He did it in the in the Premier League yeah. as well. So. It was just, yeah, it's so bizarre. It seems like he's had kind of a calmer couple of years with Barcelona as True. well. So, True. Uh, but the guy can play. He's a legitimate goal scorer. There's no question. All right, then let's talk about the uh, the fourth team, the home team, the 66th ranked team in the world, Russia. Maybe the worst host team since the United States. To- yeah, totally agree. Shocking. I mean, these guys are, are pretty poor. I mean, they probably got lucky in the fact that they got such a good group to even give themselves a chance. And when I look at the first game, I mean, it's Russia and South. It's Saudi Arabia, I think, is yeah, the first game. Yeah, I think game. so, yeah. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this could be the, the most boring World Cup opening game of all time. Uh, I so, think so. Um, <laughs> it's a tough one. Normally, it's always a good first game. Everybody gets pumped up. It's, it might kind of set the wrong standard here. But, uh, yeah, the, again, players you probably don't know too much about. Right. Um, not extremely strong in terms of it. They've got a Smoloff is the is the one guy I think he's he's got it. And then the goalkeeper I know you mentioned before. Yeah, he's, he's the only one captain. I know. He's the captain. Igor. Uh, Igor, yeah, a kin of F. I, again, we're gonna have we're gonna probably start butchering all these crazy yeah, names. I know. But that's I've that's already the done beauty. it a few times. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, the beauty of the World Cup, right? He's the captain. Uh, I remember the thing I remember about Igor. Was he was shot in the in the head with a flare a few years ago in Montenegro in a Euro qualifier, and they had to stop the game. Yeah, uh, but you know they did. They obviously didn't have to play any qualifiers for the World Cup because the home team is an automatic qualifier. Right, right, exactly. And, and in this case, they probably would not have qualified otherwise. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I totally agree. I mean, they probably would have struggled. I think they're talking about how this is probably their worst team they've ever had. And normally, and normally Russia's had some good teams. Yeah, there's no, always they been have. a couple. Yeah. There's been some good players there, but Smolov right, is is the is the one guy like I said with the with the goalkeeper. Uh, I think I heard something about how he's starting to play better since he broke up with his girlfriend. So hopefully that uh, <laughs> that that helps him out. Although his girlfriend is like a former model, and she's one of the ambassadors for the uh, for the World Cup. So so maybe if they get back together, he may uh, decrease his ability to play. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> All right, let's talk about Group B, which is uh, on the other end of the spectrum, one of the stronger groups, uh, and includes the defending European champions, Portugal. Yeah, yeah. This is going to be a great group. I'm really excited about this one. There's some good teams in here, and especially the, I think the first game that they play is Portugal-Spain, which would be great. But, uh, yeah, it'll be a good one. Well, let's talk about that Portugal team because uh, they were not favored to win the uh, European Cup, I believe the Germans were. But uh, yeah. they did beat the Germans. Actually, they no, they didn't. They beat uh, France, right, in the finals? Right. That's right. That's um, right. But they had uh, they have Ronaldo, the most famous player in the world. They have other players though. He's not the only guy. They they've, they're stacked. Yeah, they've got a good squad. There's no question in terms of their players. They've got some really nice players. Um, you know, again for me, the center back pairing of Pepe and Bruno Alves mm-hmm. is going to be very good. And you got Ronaldo, and then uh, you know, I Silva. noticed. I looked up Pepe to see where he was playing now, and he's actually not playing on any uh, club team. Yeah, yeah, I think he's uh, been in and out. I mean, obviously, he was there for Real Madrid for such a long time, right. and then, um, but I mean, he's thirty-five. I don't know if they have anybody in terms of experience. They've got that. There's no yeah. question about it. Um, I think the biggest their biggest concern in terms of weakness is probably going to be the age. I mean, all these guys are on the wrong side of 30. That's you know, true. They're getting, getting a little bit older, so that might hurt them. Not that it's going to be overly hot in Russia by any means, but um, you know, I think that's going to probably be the tough thing. But they, they've got the experience. They've got that, that belief now. You know, they've won that major championship. It's, right. it's The confidence is there. And in Ronaldo, they've got a world beater. I mean, he can, he can take the game over at any given time, so... Yeah, it'll be good. So Spain obviously is the is the toughest competition for them in this group, and and you know they were embarrassed in the last World Cup. Kind of you know you can talk about how Portugal came in a little old. Spain came in a little old in the last World Cup. You know David Villa was still on the team. They still had some of their stars from the previous World Cup. Uh, they still have some of those guys on this team, but they do have yeah. some younger blood too. Talk about some of the stars on this stocked uh, yeah, roster. Absolutely stocked. I mean, you look at the central midfielder, you, you know, you look at those players. I mean, I, I just have a hard time thinking about um, um, anybody getting the ball off them. You know, that's right. the biggest thing. Yeah. You know, Busquets, you got Silva, you've got Isco, you've got Iniesta. Yeah, I mean, you've got some players that can just keep the ball. And then in the back, they're solid. They've got a great goalkeeper in De Gea, probably yeah. if not the best goal, one of the best goalkeepers in the world. And uh, you know, and you've got Diego Costa, who's such a 
such a pain to deal yeah. with up top. Yeah. So I as mean, long they've as he got, doesn't get red cards. Exactly. But they've got everything. They got Carvajal and Alba on the outside. Hopefully, Carvajal's back from his injury. But I mean, every they got they got everything in terms of what they need. Yeah. Um, I I think this could be the team that could win it again. I really do. I think they've got everything. And I, again, I love their centre backs, Ramos and uh, and PK. I mean, they got two great, yeah, good solid center backs but so. they're getting a little long in the tooth too those guys that's true there's, there's no question they're getting a bit older there's no question they're getting a little bit older but uh, um, the experience is there I, I mean I was lucky enough to see Iniesta last week you know watch him play live he yeah. still he still looks pretty good I, know. I mean there, there's no question about it so they they've got the experience and I think they're gonna have a good run at it especially to me, after to me David Silva that guy he is just a magician with the ball. Yeah, yeah. He can make a pass in a like a one-foot area. I don't know how he gets the ball off his foot and through the player's legs. It's just amazing. Just an amazing yeah. player. Yeah, he's he's so good. I mean, he could beat you in a phone booth. That's how good he is. Yep. I mean, that's for sure. There's no question. All right, let's talk about the other two teams because uh, they're probably not going to be progressing. But uh, Morocco, ranked 42nd in the world. This is their first World Cup since 1998. Yeah, yeah. Not, much, both, not much there. Yeah, I think both these teams in Morocco and, and Iran, the same type of kind of areas. I mean, they we're not sure too much about them. Um, I think Morocco's got a decent center back who plays for uh, – uh, for, who's plays for Juventus? Yeah. Um, but uh, in Benicia, Benicia, I believe is how you pronounce it. Yeah. And um, you know, and they do have a striker in Ziggetz who scored a bunch of goals for Ajax in in the in the Dutch uh, Dutch league. And, and then when you look at Iran, it's the same type of thing. You know, you've got another player who actually had a good season in, in Holland in Jakobash. But uh, again, these are players that we really don't know too much about. So. As soon as we see them, we'll, we'll have a better understanding of how well they can do. But Iran's got a good coach in Carlos Quiroz, who uh, they do. was Man United, Man United's assistant coach for a long time and then was at Real Madrid for a little bit too. The Portuguese coach. Yeah. And they did look good. Now, as you mentioned, the competition in the Asian part of the world is not that strong, but they were the first Asian team to qualify. I, I believe mm-hmm. they were undefeated going through the the ranks. So, I mean... Yeah. They're ranked 36th in the world, which is better than Morocco, but uh, I will be very surprised if one of those two teams makes it out of this group. Yeah, I think so. I think it's front. It's uh, it's definitely going to be Spain and Portugal all the way unless uh, they have an upset, you know. And my only concern with Spain is because they're so good at keeping the ball, they sometimes forget to score goals. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's so, true. So um, that's the only way I think uh, Morocco or Iran might be able to squeak in, but I think it's Spain and, and Portugal all the way. Okay, let's look at Group C, which is another strong group and and features a team that uh, I'm picking as one of my top two teams in the in the group or in the uh, in the entire tournament, and that is France. France has a ridiculous roster, um, including Paul Pogba from Man U. They've got Griezmann from uh, Atletico, Giroud and Conte from Chelsea. Dembele from Barcelona. That's just a few. 
Yeah, I mean, again, a loaded, loaded team. The Les Bleu, as they're known, they've got they've got some decent players. There's no question about it. And you know, you look at all these players and what they've achieved, even over the past year. They've had some good seasons. So um, they can put everything together. I think the semi-finals are definitely very realistic for them uh, I, I to, agree. to be able to get there. There's no question about it. They were finalists in the in the Euro Cup uh, in uh, 2016. So it's and this is a very similar team. And the, and the, isn't the Griezmann the one that does the ridiculous dance when he scores? Yeah, I think yeah, he, yeah. he's done a few dances here and there, and he and yeah. he scored some great goals for Atletico when they uh, when they won the uh, Europa League this past year too. But yeah, right. my only concern with France is in their heads. You know, sometimes they start arguing with each other. Yeah. You know, and they they think they're better than what they are. Obviously, Pogba's probably <laughs> probably the prime suspect for that type of stuff. But right. in terms of talent, there's no question. I think the their biggest uh, biggest issue is going to be themselves. You know, that's probably the biggest weakness for them. Okay, let's talk about the Australia, which is in this group. Also, they're ranked 40th in the world. They were the second to last team to qualify. I believe they had to beat Honduras in a in a playoff. Right to, to make right. it, and I just look, I was looking over their roster. Tim Cahill is still playing. <laughs> yeah, he's still on there. He's still on the roster. I don't think he's going to start too much, but he's there. <laughs> he's he's going to be one of those super uh, subs that comes in in the last five minutes to try to score a goal. Yeah, like the Roger Miller back in the day. Yeah, yeah who could come on? But yeah, he's definitely uh, he's definitely there. And then, I mean, really looking at this team again. The, the biggest controversy was the manager. You know, they kind of got rid of the manager right, right. before the the start of the, the World Cup here. And uh, so they've got a new manager. So that's going to be a bit of an issue for them. They do have um, Aaron Moy, who's a midfielder, plays for Huddersfield in the English Premier League. So he's probably with their star player or one of their star players. And uh, he'll have a big influence, I think, on the... Uh, on how they do, but they, they're going to have a, a hard time getting through, especially with the other two teams who are pretty well, yeah, solid. Let's talk about those two. I, I don't see any way Australia gets through in this group because they've the Peru and Denmark are the other two teams. Peru is ranked 11th in the world, but this is their first World Cup since 1982. Yeah, yeah. I mean, historically, they were great. I mean, I remember yeah. watching those, like you said, uh, Kubias, who's, yeah. Yeah, who's fantastic, and uh, they got the history, but Again, you know, I think they're going to be pushing to to maybe get into that second spot behind France, and then you've got Denmark, who is just I think got some really nice players on their team as well. Yeah, uh, Peru has uh, Farfan, who played yeah. uh, for Schalke for years, uh, and <clears throat> I, I watched him play many times. He is unbelievable on set pieces. Your favorite? Yeah, player. yeah, exactly. There you go. A good free kick is always a good thing. So. And they're very good defensively, so I think that's going to hold them very, very well. You know, they they're good in the back. They keep things in front of them, and they do a nice job as a group um, defensively. And then when you look at Denmark, my yeah. goodness, yeah, you know, they, they've got probably one of the better players in the midfield in Christian Eriksen. Yeah. And again, you know, they went through the qualifying fairly well. So uh, I think uh, I think he can definitely do some things for them to create some things, especially as good as the season as he had with. Um, with uh, Tottenham, he's yeah. going to have a lot of confidence as well. And I believe Casper Schmeigel is also on the roster from Leicester City. I don't think he's the he, starter, though, is he, for no, Denmark? Yeah, he's, he, he, he should be the starter. Yeah, he'll okay. be the starting goalie. Yeah, I think so. He'll be the starting goalkeeper for him. Uh, yeah, he's got good experience, obviously, playing in the Premier League, and obviously his dad is uh, an absolute legend in Denmark, for sure. Right. 
Peter, right? Was it Peter Schmeichel? Yeah, Pete, Peter Schmeichel, yeah. All right, so uh, that is our uh, preview of groups A, B, and C. Uh, next week, we'll do D, E, and F. And yeah. uh, and before we go, though, you have uh, a couple of things that you'd like to talk about. What It's uh, going on locally here. Yeah, locally here, real quick. You know, we've got, obviously, last this past two weekends, we've got IYSA has been hosting the uh, President's Cup and State's Cup. So, State Cup finals of this weekend, which is always a lot of fun. So kind of our little mini World Cup going on here. Uh, so we've got that this Saturday and Sunday going on. Actually, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So that's up in Rockford. So uh, all the information's on the website, IllinoisSoccer.org, and they can get all their State Cup gear. They've got an online store there, too, if you if they want to grab T-shirts and sweatshirts and all kinds of stuff. Hopefully, it'll be a bit cooler. You might need a sweatshirt this week. Who knows? And if you haven't seen those facilities yet in Rockford, those are those are really nice. I mean, they've done yeah. a nice job putting that together up there. Absolutely. In fact, the finals, most of the finals will be in the indoor facility, in the indoor field, which is, if you haven't been there, definitely worth going to watch, uh, watch a game in. Okay, and we will be back again next week with another episode of Free Kicks. The preceding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? 